0: This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live.
1: Welcome to Teachers Talk Radio. Um, Tonight, with me on The Late Late Show, I'm just talking to you um, on my own about why I love teaching and why I'm still doing it after 21 years. Hopefully, if you can turn around and call me in and talk to me about your experiences as well, that'd be great. So, The Late Late Show,
0: Tonight. Hello, good evening and welcome to another
1: episode of Teachers Talk Radio. Uh, This is Sean Mackay with The Late Late Show. Tonight It's a teacher talking um, and it's basically everything that I absolutely love about teaching and why it's kind of made me stick with the profession for the last 21 years. Um, so I'm going to go through a lot tonight. I'm only going to go through my dislikes as well. Um, some of them are exactly the same as my likes, to be fair. Um, but I'm going to start off the way I normally start off, with one of my favourite books, a book I'd like to see in kind of all libraries. Um, being literacy-based teacher, that's what I'm going to do, the Literacy Coordinator of Wigston Academy. So tonight I'm going, to, I'm going to talk to start off with with a book um, I read a long, long time ago uh, called Eragon by Christopher Perlini. Uh, now, he um, has a number of books, and obviously he's not as young as he was when he first wrote. I think he was about 15 when he wrote Eragon. Um, and it's an absolutely wonderful book uh, that takes you through how Eragon um, becomes a dragon rider um, and how he's then going to try and uh, defeat um um, his uh, the the villain of the piece, he doesn't defeat him at that point in time, but over the course of the books, obviously, he does. It's an absolutely brilliant read. It's one I think should be in absolutely every library, um, school library because I think it's such a wonderful story. Um, so let's get back then, um, to the show. Um, tonight then i'm going to talk about the first things i'm going to look at is the the things that i love about teaching the things that's kept me in uh, kind of um, teaching and getting up every morning and looking forward to work because i mean to be fair i i haven't a, a single time no not tell a lie i have when i first started i did but since I'm, i've i've been at the place that i'm at now which which was Abington academy which has now become wixham academy um i've i've never not looked forward to work and and that's that's a great thing to have over the course of a 21 year career it's to to still love getting up and going into work and to still look forward to to all of the things that actually keep me going um is a wonderful thing to have i don't but think many people actually have that in their job and especially after this amount of years so Without further ado, let's get on and start with some of the things that are my absolute loves, the things that keep me in there. Now, obviously, the first thing is going to be obvious uh, to anyone that's a teacher. Um, the one thing that keeps me going all the time is uh, the kids. Um, the students themselves are absolutely amazing. I mean, I've I've had a number of tutor groups. I've had a number of English classes over the years, and it's been an absolute pleasure to, <laughs> teaching 99 percent of them. Um, and obviously that's going to come to my dislikes as well but um talking to the kids kind of seeing them every day seeing them grow seeing them become young adults um it's been especially a, a privilege as, as a tutor to see that i mean you don't get to see your tutor group um, as, as often as you do the normal teaching groups, but you, you build such a strong bond with them. Um, I mean, my tutor group that I've had, the two the two or three tutor groups that I've had over the course of the years, um, I miss every single one of them that have gone, um, and I miss all of them, their foibles and their banter, and I miss the things that made me laugh with them and that you could have a joke. Um, but I also remember that it's... The, it's kind of that being that father figure to them it's it's kind of that's the thing I loved it was building that relationship with them and so that they could tell you the things that were happening to them and tell you the things that were part of their lives and you can kind of see them and um, talk to them about what's happening at home and what's happening at school and anytime anything went wrong anytime a teacher was um, kind of they were annoyed with the teacher. They can come and talk to you and they can rant and rave and then they go back and they'd be absolutely fine. Um, and to be absolutely fair, I mean, I will openly admit that I have kind of blubbed quite a few times when I've seen my classes disappear over the course of time. I mean, when I first started, obviously, my... I went to not, it was a high school. Um, so we only saw them from uh, year six to year nine. So they left us in over to a different, um, school, which is one that has joined up with us again now. Um, but obviously even then seeing them grow up, I, I mean, I've been ahead of year as well. Um, so I've, I've seen whole year groups come and built relationship with whole year groups and just seeing them become really mature, really eager people to, to kind of grow up and, and move on. Um, and I don't, I, I hope you know that they still remember me and that they still uh, think fondly of me sometimes the way that I do them um i mean i've built up a number of really close relationships with the students that i've had um and it's it's been lovely trying to make them into the the the, the great students that're going to be my current uh, tutor group i've had for like 5 years this is they're in year 11 now i've had them since year 7 um i'm not looking forward um, to when they leave. That is going to be a very sad moment for me. Um, I can I can feel myself welling up now. It's amazing that the relationships that you build up with these kids, it's almost like they're your own. So that's the first thing that's kept me in um, teaching. And the one thing that I literally will keep me in teaching for the rest of my career is the kids. Because yes, I'm going to talk about behavior. Of course I am. And of course there are children whose behavior really annoys me. But 99% of the children that I've taught, and 90% 99% of the children that, that I'm I see on a regular basis over the course of 21 years have been amazing. Um and if even the behavior kids, if you delve down deep enough, if you talk to them, if you start to build a relationship, you get to find out some of the reasons why they misbehave. Um and that's the kind of the the great thing about building those relationships with kids, it's one of those really special bonds that you can that a kid will literally physically one day be um Mr. Mackay, this has happened to me. Then they'll start, you know, telling you loads of stuff and or something that has happened, like their dog has died, and then you have to sit there and, you know, listen to them and let them talk to you and let them cry a little bit if they need to. Um, and in its a lovely feeling knowing that you are there for them and that you can, um, always be there for them. Um, and, and I love it. I think that's one of the greatest things in teaching ever. Um, but obviously, um, there's the staff as well. Um, and that, that would be my next thing is staff. The other at, at, at our school, Wix Academy, I mean, we are, we work hard. We work incredibly hard and SLT pushes because they want the best for the kids. They want the best for us. And I think that the relationship we have with the staff is one of the greatest things about working at the school that I work with is because it's, it's like a little family. Um, I hear when I, when I talk to other schools, when you have like cliques, you know, the English department don't talk to the maths department that don't talk to the ADT department. They don't talk to the science department. I've never experienced that in teaching. Um, it's something that I've never seen, never heard because literally everyone talks to everyone in our school and everyone is friendly and everyone is kind of, has a good laugh with them and it's great to to be able to sit there and talk to these people and have a bit of a rant about you know the kids and then come up with some solutions to some of the things that you're actually doing it's just it's just great it's just absolutely amazing to have so many brilliant people around you all of the time i mean i'm i'm very lucky in the fact that that you know, it's it's not just the teachers at our place. Our SLT are also kind of people that will always talk to you and ask you how you are and come in. Um, and I think that's one of the things that is wrong with with um, some senior leaders is the fact that most teachers, uh, when they are sitting down and they're talking about, I don't know, the policies that they like or dislike, I don't know, um, they, they turn around and say, you know, SLT this and SLT that. And I think one of the things that I think an SLT can do, that senior leaders can do in order to to kind of stop that is to be seen. Um, people, senior leaders um, that are seen, that you speak to, that you know by name, um, that you say good morning to become human. Uh, they become People and you, you, you see them as people, and you see the fact that they, they hurt like the rest of us, and that yes, they may have a thick skin, but they also are people, human beings, and so therefore, you generally tend to, to kind of, don't. Um, you think you see them working and so therefore you don't react to that you, you just kind of see them and you say yeah they work incredibly hard um and I think some of the ones that, that kind of spend a lot of time in offices need to come out of their offices more and perhaps you know um see people talk to people and then then you don't get dehumanized because I think SLT um, and teachers everyone in in a school has an incredibly hard job and I think senior leaders are vilified a lot of times when they don't need to be um lots of the times <laughs> you get teachers that moan all the time and it's like go and talk to senior leaders they're open their doors open if they tell you that their door is open all the time and they are ready to talk to you then go and talk to them because if they don't know that there's a problem there's nothing that they can do about it and i think that that's one of the great things about the senior leadership at our place yes they have their faults I think all kind of the the, the kind of higher level managers, whether you're in schools and whether you're not in school, whether you're in a, um, a company, you, the, the the kind of, the higher ups are always seen as as people that don't understand what's actually happening on the ground floor. And yes, to a certain extent they don't, but we also have to realise that they their job is just as hard as ours. Um, they are in the end, ultimately responsible for everything that happens um so yeah um the other thing um that i love about the job that's kept me in for the last kind of 21 years is the fact that that every day is different there is nothing i don't think i've ever had a single day where i've had the same things happen um And it just makes it such an interesting profession to be in. It makes it such an amazing and kind of um, quality place because you go into a class, you don't know what you're going to expect. You have something new to teach them um, and you have something new um, to learn from them you uh, find new behavior techniques, you find kids that have misbehaved for the last three years have suddenly decided they don't want to misbehave anymore, or someone that's never misbehaved in their life suddenly has an, an angry shout at you, and then you have to think about what you've got to do. It's it's that kind of unpredictability, that that, that sense that nothing is ever the same is something that will always, always make it great. Um typical week you could walk in and um you you do your regular thing you're sitting you start getting all your 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 printouts ready for the day or you set up all of your stuff that you're going to do and then someone will come in that's completely that doesn't normally come in at the time that you're in and they'll talk to you or it could be something like um you uh, got up late and then when you go in and find that someone's um printed the stuff off for you that you're supposed to do because you know your whole department's absolutely amazing um nothing's ever the same you you go in and, and the kids <clears throat> might not be um great in behavior um and they might be playing off each other and it might be a really stressful day or it might be a day where the kids have all decided they really like you today or they really want to learn um, whatever it is it's always Different. There is nothing stays the same. It doesn't matter whether you are walking across from one um, corridor, one, one building to the next building, and you see someone that you've never seen before, and a child says hello to you, or a child you've never, ever talked, never, ever seen, says, good morning, Mr. Mackay. And you say, good morning back, and then you stop and you have a conversation with them for a couple of minutes because you have no idea who they are. Those are the sorts of things that, that really make teaching grand. Um,
0: but obviously, you know, there are lots more. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR. 2324 for 20 percent off your order don't miss out visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today happy reading
2: introducing eton x from eton college a diverse range of quality online courses enabling young people to aspire and excel Other popular courses include verbal communication, critical thinking, writing skills, resilience, creative problem solving and many more. Offer the Eaton X curriculum in your school for free. Visit eatonx.com to find out more.
1: And welcome back to Teachers Talk Radio with a teacher talking, which is with me, Sean Mackay, uh, talking to you about what's kept me in teaching for the last 21 years um so so far i've already gone through uh, the fact kids and kind of building relationships with those kids and staff and how staff are absolutely amazing especially if you've got ones that you know all of the staff members are kind of talking to all the other departments and you make lots of friends i've also talked about things that uh, are never the same that things are always different in a school um and it doesn't just have to be teaching um it, it can be the fact that you've maybe this year you decided to um try your new book and you've got to then teach it from scratch and therefore you've got to try it out on kids and you've got to learn that book as well and it's hard sometimes you know you get pushed all the time um it takes there are long hours in this job it isn't a job that you um have to take lightly um but it's those those new things like the new teachers that turn up the new teachers that we have the new students that come through um uh, refugees for instance um <clears throat> are another thing that we've had the um an amazing experience with kind of seeing these kids that are un, you know coming across um and then having to help them not only learn the language, but also kind of create that sense of giving them a sense of well-being, making sure that they're not frightened or scared. Uh, then we have kids that have been in there all their life and have actually you can see how amazingly intelligent they are and you see that love for learning. Um, and then there's times when you see kids that don't like um, school at all and then that kind of turns around. Um There are lots of things um, in terms of building relationships, in terms of seeing something new every day. Um, Kids that when you get um, the the information through from uh, primary school when they come out to secondary school and say that they are you know a very angry person and then when you talk to them on the initial meeting when they're coming to meet the par- my parents and meeting you for the first time and the first thing that child says is i was really angry at school and i want to change and you watch them over the course of a number of years becoming such an amazing kid it is so, i it, am it's just a, so proud Um, of some of the kids that I've taught over the years and some of the tutor group kids and my tutor groups that I've had. Um, And that kind of it keeps you in the game. Um, So I've done kind of quite a lot of um, what I like excuse me for drinking. But now I'm going to go through some of the things I just like let's mix it up a little bit. We don't want to keep everything in terms of the good stuff. (coughs) Like every job, there is things that I also don't like about the job. They're not big enough to make, to make me leave. Um, mm. but they're certainly things. So I said, one of the things that I love is the kids. And one of the things that I don't really like sometimes are the kids. Um, they can be a double edged sword and it's not when I don't like the kids, it's I don't like their behavior. There's been a, I've talked and seen a lot of stuff over the recent times, um, especially over the last month. Um, which has kind of come up again, where it's talking about kind of the traditionalist approach um, against the uh, kind of um, the progressive approach. And you've got people in one corner saying, you know, these kids need to be punished, they need to be taken to... um, to the exclusion room or they need to be excluded or they need to have sanctions or they need to have this and then you have the other ones that said you need to kind of look at positive reinforcement and you need to look at praise and you need to look at this that and the other and you see the the factions on kind of Twitter or X whatever it's called now um kind of fighting it out and sometimes it it, it can become really nasty and I don't you know I can't understand why because personally I think that the answer lies as always somewhere in the middle um Yes, you have to build relationships and you have to, but you also have to, you you do have to have consequences for the things that they do wrong, but you also have to find out kind of why they're doing it wrong. You have to look at the whole kind of picture. You need to start to think about how that child, why that child is playing up. And And it could be something as simple as they have no clue what you're talking about and don't know what to do. There are absolutely children that just simply do not want to learn but most of them of the behavior issues the worst behavior issues are are the children that have been spoiled by their parents and that isn't the child's fault you know that's the parent's fault that's you know the way you bring your child up um is the way they act um and i've met a lot of parents over the years 99% same of, of the children are those parents are amazing and they want the best for their children and even the 1% that i've um of parents that i've had kind of problems with over the past still want the best for their children it's just they refuse to believe that their child can do anything wrong um and those are the children that tend to be the ones that are the worst behavior issues um and I'm not saying, you know, as a parent, you shouldn't be pushy. Of course you should. That's the that's the way you get things done. Um, but it's also you have to remember that teachers are not going to. They're not going to deliberately target your child. Um, if they turn around and say that they misbehaved and they did something or they said something or they were rude or they were whatever they've done. Normally, that's probably what's happened. And as much as you try to turn around and say, no, it didn't um you weren't there um and they were and you know sometimes you have to kind of put yourself in that position and say you know a, t- a teacher's not going to turn around and say this because they want to have a go at you no teacher wants to spend half an hour of their own time in a detention sitting with a child that's been naughty what they want to do is get them to learn and it's one of the things that as i said is part of the things that i dislike about teaching is the fact that sometimes um parents don't see um, beyond the fact that that's their child and that they need to protect them. Um, and as I said, that's absolutely fine. But that individual, that child has got to go out in from school at some point in time. They have to and you have to equip them as a parent, as we try to do as teachers. You have to try to make sure that they are ready for the outside world. And I mean, we try to do that in school, we try to give them an education so that they are not, um, what was the word I would say, that they are not uh, falling into a deep hole of which they're not going to come out of, that they are not going to be suckered into um, a contract because they can't understand the terminology within the contract of a mobile phone and they're paying, paying above the odds, that they understand when they are being kind of done over by an employer because they're not paying or paying too much tax or too much national insurance or not being paid enough. That's what we do. Um, we try to give them the best possible methods and means to actually go out into that big wide world. And sometimes kind of parents, you need to understand that. And 99% of parents do, and, and I love them for it. Um, but you know, behavior is also, um, one of those things that really, one of the things that really I dislike um, in terms of behavior is um, being ignored. It's it's one of my biggest bugbears of teaching. I, I would say that that is maybe the biggest bugbear of teaching. It's kind of like, I always walk along. we have, um, like most schools, we have a uniform um, and the uniform policy is things like, you have to have your shirt tucked in as you're walking around school. You've got to have a blazer on um, and it's walking, Past the child and just saying to them, Tuck your shirt in, and they just carry on walking and walk past you. So you turn back round and you walk back up to them and you say, You need to tuck your shirt in, and they continue to walk. And then the next time you go up and you raise your voice a little bit and you say, You need to tuck your shirt in. It's trivial stuff, but you know, being ignored is a massive bugbear of mine. And it's it's because it's rude. Um, and it's one of the things that does my head in and then you turn to the child and say, I've asked you four times now, three times now to tuck your shirt in. Oh, sorry, I didn't hear you. Yes, you did. Of course you did. I'm not thick and neither are you and you're not deaf. So don't ignore me because it's it's rude. Um, and I I hate the rudeness of, of people in it sometimes. Um, and also the, 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 the thing I also hate is the word why. Um, in terms of kids, I love why in a classroom. I absolutely love why in a classroom. I want kids to say why all the time. When I turn around and say this is this is the meaning of this, when I'm doing my English lesson and the kid says why, great, you you want to learn, you're curious, you know that you want to know something, and I will sit and I'll explain it to death until you're bored of me explaining it and say yeah right, so get lost now. But When you turn around to a child, when they're outside of the class and you say, um, um, you need to do this and they look at you and go, why? It's like, because those are the rules. It's like we have a one-way system um, to make sure that people are safe in our school because we have stairs that go up and then we've got stairs that go down. And then when kids are coming up the wrong way up the stairs, you turn and them they say, you need to go back down because it's a one-way system. And they stand there and look at you as people are trying to push past them and say, why? And try to have an argument with you on the stairs. It's like, I'm not here to have an argument with you. I just want you to turn around and I want you to go back down because that's what you should do. You know, do as you're told, do what I've asked you to do. Don't be rude. Um, And I don't know whether this is true with the rest of you. I don't know whether people and the teachers that are going to listen to this um, have the same thing that I have. But I have noticed a drastic increase in uh, children's attitudes and especially rudeness um, over the course uh, since COVID anyway. Um, children have come back um, and have been um, much ruder, much more aggressive, much more volatile when it comes to uh, doing as they're told. Um, and it's it's just one of the dislikes. It's one of the bugbears of mine. It's one of the things that um, I think if I had to cite something that might kick me out of teaching, I think that would be it. You know, not having someone... rude to you and be quite violently and aggressively rude um in the way that they talk to you i mean i've had students scream in my face i've had students turn around and swear at me i've had pupils take a swing at me um all manner of stuff i mean this is over 21 years um you know these are very rare occasions these are very rare things that happen but they do happen um they are things that 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 kind of that make you wonder whether or not teaching's the profession that it used to be or whether it was. Um, but I've certainly recently, especially since COVID, um, my dislike of, of rudeness and being ignored, it's just an attitude has just got worse. Um, I think it's one of those absolutely, um, absolutely huge thing because, you know, if, if, if a child goes out after school after they finish school and are as rude to people like police officers, um, and um, they're going to, you know, get into a lot of trouble. And though you know we try to teach them that this is the thing, but it is, it is just a complete bugbear of mine. Um, And I was talking to another one of my colleagues at school, and uh, she was also saying that attitudes have gone down recently. And I I don't know why. I mean, I've also noticed, I mean, taking it totally away from school. um, I've also noticed that that people on the end of the phone, when you phone someone up, seem to be a lot ruder now um, and a lot more aggressive when you phone them up to try to actually... To, to talk to them about some of the products that you bought or if you want to send somebody back or if you are speaking to customer services about your phone line they also seem to be much ruder than used to be so i don't know whether that's a trend going on um i know we've got people that and are agreeing with that but it's it just seems to be a lot worse at the moment um everything is being questioned every lots of children being rude lots of children not doing as they're told and i think um It is. Off and on, Um, I'm sure it will get better and I'm sure that, that, you know, this will pass and that things will go kind of back to normal. I don't know. Uh, But what I do know is that um, um, the amount and number of kids that are rude, the number of kids that are are being rude is increasing all the time. and I've got someone that texted in and said that they work in a school and they've also uh, noticed a huge difference in people's attitudes. So, you know, it's, 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 it is that sense of, you know, why do I have to do as you're told? Why do I have to do the things that you're asking me to do? And it's almost as if, um, and again, this is, um, it's all coming down to to kind of, you know, what happens at home and the way that they um, kind of, talk to their parents sometimes i think um and certainly they do come across um as it's not everyone and it's only it's it it is a small minority it still is a small minority the rest of the most of the kids are great but it's growing that that sense of, of of being disrespectful that sense of the fact that i don't have to do as you're told um but that's that's one of the bugbears of mine and that's one of the things that if i was going to say um it's if if I was going to say that was going to push me out of a school I'd say that was what it was going to be um so yes parents have to take responsibility we have to find out what we can do to help as a school we have to make sure that we are doing things um with the parents as well as with the kids uh, to make that something of, of the past um so let's go back onto a different thing. Then let's let's talk about something else that um, is a dislike of mine in school. Now, this is just me, I think. I don't know because I think I'm stuck in my ways. And I think a lot of teachers, when they get to the amount of years that I've been doing in school, which is like, as I said, 21 years, I, I don't like change. <laughs> if it's one of the things I absolutely don't like, it's change. Um, I know it has to happen. I know things have to move on. Um, but kind of, I don't like it. It's 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 not nice. Um, when someone comes in with a new initiative um, and says, All "Right, we're going to start this now," I'm like, "Why? Well, why did, Why do we have to do this? I I don't want to do this. Um, I want to stay the way, teaching the way I've been always teaching. Um, and or if people decide that we're, this one's going to do this and this one's going to do that, um, I don't like the fact that people are. Making me um, do something I've never done before. I'm, I'm quite nice. I'm quite happy in my safe space. Thank you very much. I quite like it. And I know we have to push boundaries. We have to push back against that, and I have to push back against that. <laughs> it is one of those things that is absolutely um, the 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 innovator is moving forward. Is is getting yourself into these situations where you are testing yourself constantly, and I do like testing myself but I like testing myself. I don't like people, other people turning around and saying, you know, do this, do that, do the other, because I I literally don't want to do it. I want to stay in my safe space and I want to carry on the way I've always been doing. Um, But that's that's it, it it changes definitely one of the biggest bugbears, um, because people always have new ideas. um, And lots of the time when they do have these new ideas and they do have these new things for moving forward, personally I can't see the point in them um they tend to be things that as a a teacher of 21 years I've seen come and go I've seen fads come and go I've seen quangos come and go I've seen so many things that have not worked um and then someone comes in calls the same thing that didn't work something different um and then they think that it's going to work this time and it's like okay um I will just um manipulate what they've asked me to do to suit my style to suit me um and yes, um i I agree with box one text and you say sometimes you're just ticking another box it is, and sometimes you do it is a ticks boxing ticks tick boxing exercise um and you do have to jump through hoops as a teacher, I think definitely it's one of those things that um you're never gonna get out of, um I think even outside of school um so let's move on from change then and go back to um one of the other. Um, well, let's go back to and one more thing. Then one more thing that I dislike um, before um, I move on back onto the things that I love about teaching again. So pointless stuff. I don't get pointless stuff. You know, when they like we have a uniform policy, I'm, most schools have a uniform policy and one of the things they have to do is they have to wear a blazer and you know I get that we're trying to get discipline and we're trying to get people looking the same Um, but for me it's pointless having a uniform doesn't impact education it doesn't impact their learning why do we insist on making them wear it Um, other pointless stuff um, um, reports most teachers most parents don't read reports um, i don't i think it's just something that's there so that um senior leaders can look at it and say yeah these children are progressing or they're not but i don't i don't i got my daughter's report and i pretty much went yeah thanks as long as i knew that she was working um because i saw her at home working um i didn't really need to know whether she was a level two in art or a level four in french i didn't need to know that Um, I was just quite happy the fact that she was getting on with it. Um, I went to parents' evenings and found out that she was doing really well and that she was clever and that she was doing everything. So, you know, report writing, a bit pointless. Um, Other things um, uh, that you have to do, um, uh, box filling, ticking boxes, that sort of stuff, Um, doing um, gear checks, um, making sure that – people have got this, that, or the other, um, going into uh, a CPD session and doing paperwork, um, um, filling in a form um, because this parent wants some information about this. It's it's all pointless stuff. Um, and one of the most precious things that a teacher has um, or doesn't have is time. We don't have any time at all. So getting us to do pointless tick-boxing, at t- I can't say these words. This is ridiculous. Tick boxing exercise is again, another pointless and futile venture. Um, making sure like uh, with marking tick, flick and tick, you know, what's, what's the point in that? I don't see it. You know, the kids don't care whether you've ticked their book or not. Um, they care about the fact that when they've written a, big piece that you've marked it and that you've given them feedback and they want to know what grade it is you can write loads of feedback but the first thing is they always look at it's the grade um so sometimes i wonder whether feedback is worth it as well but i know that it is um so therefore that is another thing that kind of i don't like pointless things that you have to do um um sometimes um and i'm trying to think of the one that we've done recently um There are some great things uh, that we do, but the the pointless stuff, the unnecessary admin that we have to do, the unnecessary um, going through, um, reading stuff out to kids, um, making sure that whether you've got a PowerPoint um, for tutor time um, that doesn't have any point, Uh, everyone has to be read this out, even though it doesn't really apply to this year group or that year group, just Pointless stuff that takes up teachers' time that you don't really need to do. Um, and I think that's one of the things that kind of knocks me a little bit. And again, one of those things that I dislike about teaching, but you know, we all have to do tick box tick oh, I really can't get those words tonight. What is wrong with me? <laughs> tick boxing exercises. And I just think that we should kind of knock that sort of stuff on the head, um, so that we don't have to. And that way it would make teachers' life a lot easier. Um, and I'm just going to mention one other, um, not having paper next to the photocopier. What is it with that? Why do you not have a stack of paper that teachers can literally just pick up and use the photocopy? It's one of my bugbears. It's kind of like it's, it's sticking your printing in, making, trying to get it all ready for that day and finding out there's no paper. What an absolute senseless waste of time walking around trying to find a ream of paper so that you can get all your stuff set out for that particular day if you know you just have someone stick it there put 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 seven boxes worth of paper there so that you know we're never going to run out because that way my precious time is not going to be spent walking around trying to find somewhere that has got some paper so that i can print my work off that's just a really tiny one but it's something that
0: bugs me we'll be back after the news this is teachers talk radio and this is teachers talk radio
3: The mother of murdered schoolgirl Brianna Jai has spoken about the need for positive change and a lasting legacy for her daughter. Mrs Jai visited Westminster as part of her campaign for mindfulness to be taught in all schools in England. She commented on her Peace and Mind UK Facebook page that her focus would be to improve lives by empowering people giving them the tools to build mental resilience, empathy and self-compassion through mindfulness. She went on to say that she hoped to create more understanding for everyone. Mrs Jai has already raised thousands of pounds to deliver mindfulness training in schools in her local area. The Department for Education has said there were no plans to introduce mindfulness, but the RSHE curriculum included a strong focus on mental health and that all schools had been offered grants to train a senior mental health lead by 2025. Mrs Jai has also spoken about the idea for a phone for under-16s, to limit access to social media apps. The Children's Commissioner, Dame Rachel D'Souza, told the BBC that she supported the ideas and said more could be done to promote phones that are safe by design. She described Mrs Jai's vision as really smart, but questioned whether the likes of Google and Apple would create phones with access that is safe by design. PM Rishi Sunak has stated that the new Online Safety Act is robust, but parents told the BBC how difficult it is to take away a smartphone from a child who already has one, whilst others described the pressure from social media as relentless. In Wales, the cap on university tuition fees is rising from £9,000 to £9,250 a year from September. Education Minister Jeremy Miles says he recognises students will be disappointed. A report on the BBC News website says loans will also go up to cover the 2.8% increase, which will affect undergraduate students studying in Wales whose home address is in Wales. Those with a home address in Wales but who study in other parts of the UK are unaffected because they already pay the £9,250 for their studies. Mr Miles blamed sustained inflationary pressure on high education providers in Wales and that the increase was unavoidable but would help to safeguard provision and investment. The Guardian reported on school finances with an article on findings that almost half of multi-academy trusts in England were in deficit last year. The report by the accountancy network Creston UK was based on studying the accounts of 279 trusts representing over 2,300 schools. It found 47% were running in-year deficits. Rising energy bills and staffing costs were blamed by many and made worse by uncertainty around income streams. School leaders say that schools are constantly asked to do more with less. Last October, the Department for Education in England admitted to making a £370 million error, meaning mainstream primary and secondary schools will be given at least £50 less for each pupil than original forecasting predicted. This forced school leaders to redraw their budgets for 2024 to 25. With energy costs still high and a recruitment and retention crisis leading to an increased use of agency staff, mean that many school leaders are facing further pressure on budgets and many expect a deficit trend to continue. More than 100 school buildings containing dangerous concrete will be rebuilt or refurbished according to a report on the BBC. The government says all affected schools will receive funding to permanently remove the dangerous concrete known as RAC. Unions say the announcement includes no new money. The 234 schools affected in England have reportedly returned to -to face-to-face learning, but many children are still being taught in marquees, portable classrooms, or in other off-site locations. Some pupils have not been able to access specialist classrooms for design and technology, as well as science labs and other specialist spaces. The government has been criticised for not making changes to exams for those affected. Finally, a jury in the United States of America has held the mother of a 15-year-old mass shooter criminally responsible for the death of four high school students in 2021. The 15-year-old himself was sentenced to life without parole in December But at the start of February, the male's mother was found guilty of involuntary manslaughter. The first time a parent has been convicted of such charges due to their child's role in a mass shooting. The case has raised questions about the accountability of parents, although the youth's parents had gifted him the weapon days before the attack. Prosecutors also argued that parents had not paid enough attention to their son's declining mental health. US law generally only holds individuals responsible for their own actions, but this case appears to present some change. The schools where the shooting took place has also faced criticism for not acting swiftly when drawings of guns were found on the mail earlier in the day of the shooting. Whatever the outcome of the sentencing, the case appears to be reinvigorating debate around the issue of parental responsibility, alongside individual culpability. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox.
1: (laughs) And welcome back to Teachers Talk Radio with me, Sean Mackay, talking about everything that's kept me in this job for the last 21 years all of the, the things that I've talked about today have been absolutely about kids, about relationships with students and staff, about never being the same teaching, watching kids grow up, learning all the time. I've talked about behavior and rudeness and how that can change and pointless stuff. All of these things, all of these things are what's kept me going and things that have been a bugbear for me over the past 20 years. So, um, Let's move on then. One of the things I want to talk about is the news that we've just kind of looked at. Um, and one of the things they talked about was um, uh, something that is also a little bit of a bugbear of mine is kind of um, homophobic language. There are lots of times that is a real bugbear of mine that schools take really seriously racist remarks and racist comments and um, anything like that. Um, But they still allow um, or still lots of teachers don't take into consideration where kids turn around and say, oh, that's so gay that it's a homophobic remark. Um, And that's one of the things that was on the news with the Rihanna um, uh, Gray thing. And the other one is, is kind of that was talked about in the news with mobile phones. Um, it's another bugbear of mine. It's one of the things that we have, our kind of policy at our school is that, you know, as long as they're hidden and, and away, way you can have them on you, it's up to you. But if we see them, we take them off of you, um, which I think is a really good policy to have. The only problem is trying to get them off of children, I suppose. Um, and again, that's another one of my kind of bugbears about teaching it's one of the things that has really annoyed me over the course of uh, a few years um watching the rise of mobile phones the number of mobile phones in school the number of smartphones that you have and smart watches as well and now you get kind of um we've had you know lots of incidents around the country with teachers being filmed uh teachers being recorded uh which is absolutely definitely not something that we should be doing um and it should be um something where mobile phones should be banned to be fair i mean either use them or don't either say they're banned or or let you know let class teachers use them but you know that's my thing uh, the other things that were on the news which i thought i'd li- uh, quickly talk about was that rack situation thankfully we don't have a problem with rack um in our school but it must be such a horrible thing to have to have all of these teaching areas kind of walled off and taken off um, and not allowed to teaching them at those points it kind of it's a horrible thing to have to move so many children into different places to have these Um, mobile units that have to come in to kind of replace real classrooms, um, which is not only horrible for the staff but it's, it's awful for the kids and the children's learning, which I don't think is a great thing in itself. So Back onto the great things about teaching. So we've talked about some of the negative things. Let's go back onto the things that I love. Um, one of the things I love, and that's kept me in this job, is the teaching itself. Um, I mean, I'm as I said, I'm a literacy coordinator, so I have um, additional responsibilities which I absolutely thoroughly love. Um, but but teaching is. Some of the greatest moments I've had in teaching is through being in that classroom. Um, it's uh, The other day, for instance, uh, I had a child in my class and we were talking about one of the novels that we were studying. And we were looking, I think it was Macbeth, um, and we were looking at um, over Act One, Scene Seven. And I said, you know, it does this and it's doing this. And this is what Lady Macbeth is doing. And a child, um, one of my Year Nines, simply came up with, and to be fair, I, I wrote it down so I didn't have to remember it and I don't remember it, but I do remember thinking, wow, I, I've never thought of it like that before. And then for the next literally 10 minutes, my um, teacher plan went out of the window and it, it, it kind of, the whole thing was then centered around that, that one thing that the student had said, and as a class, we all started debating it and talking about whether or not um, what i had initially said about that particular one or whether it was um, this other one. And then we ended up with a discussion about this is why there's no right or wrong answer in, in English, because simply there, you know, you as long as you can understand why you said it and you can explain why you think that, that is you're going to get marks week. You're going to have an, an adequate answer. Your inferences are absolutely fine. You're going to be marked up for that. Um, and I think that was one of the greatest things that came out of that particular lesson is them really kind of understanding that there really is no right or wrong answer. If you can debate it, if you can talk about it, if you can start thinking about some of the things that are within that, that kind of that language which is being used, and that's the kind of greatest thing about teaching and especially teaching English is that you can teach a book and teach a book and teach a book and teach a book until the cows come home. And then it only takes one child with this kind of revolutionary statements that suddenly changes your whole perception and it changes the whole course of that lesson as well, actually. Um, so, yeah, teaching is absolutely one of the greatest things because sometimes as you move up the kind of professional ladder i suppose you can get bogged down with all of the the admin tasks which is so kind of pointless sometimes but that have to be done but teaching itself being in front of those kids getting those things and and i suppose linked to that the other thing that i really love uh they're, they're rare but they do happen is kind of like the eureka moments those i suppose these are the same ones that i've just talked about a second ago but the moment where you are talking about something and then suddenly the kids face lights up and they go i get it and then they start working incredibly hard for it and then the next lesson they're kind of much harder working because they've, they've something has clicked inside of them and they realize that actually they can do this and just seeing that just seeing that kind of that look on their face That sense of, you know, I've done something and I'm really proud of it. And you as a teacher are really proud of it as well. Just is incredibly empowering. Um, And although so those lessons where everything you plan when you when you are a teacher and uh, and if you are a teacher, you'll know this, you know, 99% of the stuff um, that you do goes off on tangents um, and everything that you plan you might have to go over something a misconception might draw you back to a point you talked about earlier so therefore you have to stop whatever you're doing and go back to that sometimes a kid asks a pertinent question you have to stop at that point so you never get through the lesson or all the learning because of the amount of different things that you're going through but occasionally, just occasionally, you get one of those lessons where everything goes right, all the timings fit in perfectly, all the kids got everything that I've asked them to do. When you do your, your final task, your exit ticket task, everyone answers all of the questions that you've got for them, everyone remembers the stuff that you've taught them, and you go off and you think this, this is why I'm a teacher. And you absolutely love everything that you've got to do. And you love the things that, that that's happening in that that class right there. Not that I don't love it all the time. I do. Um, and there are some classes that are much more challenging, but I like challenging classes. I like watching kind of kids grow all the time. And that's one of the things that I think I love and has kept me in the job for 21 years is that sense of that. We learn all the time. It doesn't matter whether it's during um, uh, professional development, whether it's in the classroom, whether it's walking around, you are constantly learning, whether it's something about the kids or it's something about the subject that you teach, or it's something about one of your staff, there is always something new to learn. Um, You might try a new behaviour technique and it works. and you might try a different teaching technique or just tweak something and it it works or it doesn't work. Um, It is just one of those amazing things that you are constantly, constantly, your brain's on the go all the time and you're learning all the time. And that's one of the things I absolutely love about teaching. Um, And we'll be back right after this.
0: This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit JohnCatBookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today happy reading
2: introducing eton x from eton college a diverse range of quality online courses enabling young people to aspire and excel Other popular courses include verbal communication, critical thinking, writing skills, resilience, creative problem solving, and many more. Offer the Eaton X curriculum in your school for free. Visit eatonx.com to find out more.
1: And welcome back to the last part of Teachers Talk Radio with Late Date Show with Sean Mackay. We're talking about all of the things that have kept me in and that, that bug me a little bit in terms of teaching over the last 21 years. So... Um, Let's go back then to some of the things that have kind of annoyed me or do annoy me, still annoy me over the course of my teaching career. I think one of them um, is, and although um, I know we have to do this, uh, but one of the things I dislike about teaching absolutely totally is marking. Um, I hate it with a passion um simply because it's it's incredibly boring it's insightful uh, you find out lots about your kids when you mark books but it's boring and it's repetitive and it, it's time consuming my god it's time consuming you're sitting there and you're marking i suppose as as an english teacher it's it's one of the um kind of hardest things to do um because there's you're looking at so many things you're looking at spelling you're correcting punctuation you're correcting grammar you're correcting content and you're trying to find so many things that you've got to look for um and and as much as i try to to speed mark um which a lot of my um colleagues are, are great at um i can't do it i write loads I I can't stop myself. I want the kids to learn something from it. Um, So it takes me a long time to mark um, a set of stuff. Um, At the minute, I have four GCSE classes, which means my work, my mark load is is incredibly high. Um, And I, I, you know it's it's marking stuff is incredibly boring it's it's kind of like one of those things that you really enjoy when you first start doing um because you feel like a real teacher but then um, gradually the kind of routine steps in and, and you realize that marking is possibly the most onerous task on the face of the earth um and so marking it would be one of the things if i could get rid of marking and still be able to give them some feedback i would do um because i hate having to sit and do all that marking but you know I understand why we do it. Um, I suppose let's have a look. The the other thing um, <laughs> that I really don't like um, are, are break duties and, and duties in general. Um, the, the 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 thing that that really gets me, and this is kind of um, this is a phenomenon um, known to everyone, I think, that has a break is that when you come downstairs and you go into the staff room and you sit down when you don't have a break, what happens is as soon as your bottom touches that seat, the bell goes and suddenly you have to go back up again and start teaching. If you are on a break duty, however, you go onto that break duty. You could do your year's worth of marking. You could do all the the planning for a year. You could do an assessment. You could write a book because literally it seems to last forever it just keeps going and keeps going and nothing that you do will make that clock speed up um no obviously i know that it doesn't 15 minutes or 20 minutes takes 20 minutes but it just seems incredibly long and if i could get rid of my break duties or if i could increase my non-break duties to about three hours i'd love it and i think it was absolutely great um But I'm not going to finish off on negatives. I'm not going um, to finish my last remarks in terms of negatives. I'm going to go back and finish on those positive moments. So a couple of things left then that I really, really enjoy that's kept me in this job. The first thing and the most obvious thing that has kept me in this job, the holidays. (laughs) We do get a lot of holidays and I think um, lots of people believe that we... um, have too much holidays. Um, generally, what I tend to do is I tend to, um, for any time we have a half term where we have one week, um, which we're just starting at the moment, um, we tend to have. What does We tend to have. We tend to have um, um, marking. Finish up all the marking that I've got to do, and that's that's kind of what I'm going to be doing this week. Is finishing off uh, the year ten marking for the PPEs that they've just finished. Um, But then on the two week ones and the summer holidays, you actually get a chance to relax a little bit. Um, And I think. um, It's kind of. At least I get some time off, but because I'm working a lot, because I'm working about 12 hours a day maybe not all the time on teaching and all the time on work but i'm certainly up from five and i don't go to bed until about 11 half past eleven so i do have an incredibly long day so i'm quite tired by the end of it but it's simply the holidays give you that break it gives you enough chance away from the kids to finish off marking to get marking back again to make something um all of those things you know it it's kind of it just helps you to catch up. And that's what holidays mostly seem to be about. I mean, even in some holidays, you spend the first week finishing off any bits and pieces that you've got to do. Then you probably have about three weeks off where you can just relax. And then for the last two weeks before you come back, you are preparing and you're planning and you're thinking about what you're going to do for the new academic year and everything that you can do to make it better. But the holidays are amazing because you do have that time to catch up, because you do have that chance to really kind of make sure that everything's up to date, that you're organised again. And I really like that, especially about the holidays. Um, and the the kind of last thing, the thing I'm going to kind of sum up with um, about what I like and what I love about teaching is the fact that it's a job I just find incredibly exciting It's just or everything I've talked about tonight um, from the kids, the relationships with the students, the relationships with the staff, the fact that nothing's ever the same, the teaching, watching kids growing up and blooming into these amazing young adults, the fact that you learn all the time, the eureka moments, the holidays. And yes, there are some things that knock me like, you know, the behavior and the rudeness, the marking, the pointless stuff, the change that we have to do sometimes. But it is the most amazing job. And yes, it is the most rewarding job you can ever do, I think, personally. Um, And that's why I've been doing it for 20 years, 21 years, technically 22 if you count the other one. But. I've been doing teaching for a long time and I intend to do it for another maybe 19 years. That's That's how much I've got left. Oh, God, that's that's just saying it out loud is horrible. Um, I've got about another 19 years to go, but I don't care because I love it. I love teaching. I love the kids. I love everything about it. And it's as long as that continues to happen, it's I will love being in this. Um. And yes, um, someone said, especially when you get that one kid that's that's found everything challenging and then you get that breakthrough. Absolutely. It's those moments, those little cherishing things that I have kept with me um, throughout my teaching career. And hopefully um, you've found this slightly interesting. Perhaps you may have agreed with some of the things or disagreed with some of the things I've said, but you know, fantastic. I'm glad you, I hope if you don't know this, that you kind of nodding sometimes and maybe shouting at the radio a little bit as well. But thank you ever so much for joining me tonight. Um, In two weeks, I'm going to be um, uh, talking to an author, so we'll put that on soon. Um, And I'm going to talk about writing and, and how to do creative writing. But it's goodbye from me for another fantastic session. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next
0: time.